3: Uh, welcome to uh, the Real EFL's uh, exclusive interview this afternoon evening. Um, we're joined today by um, a very special guest, and with Keelan as well, uh, Keelan who is often on the League One podcast. So, Keelan, do you want to tell us about our guest
4: today? Yeah, so this evening we're welcoming um, David Artel to the pod, who you know is a known thing to EFL fans and probably a legend. Some would say in crew of Alexandra parts. As a player, he played for the likes of Rotherham, Mansfield, Crew, Northampton, and more. Before retirement, saw him return back to the railway manage- railway men as manager. And one of his main achievements with Crew as manager was guiding them to a 12th place finish in League One. Before he departed the club after five years last year. So tonight we'll talk his extensive playing career, his Crew days, the lack of longevity given to EFL bosses now, and much more. So hi, David. You all right?
0: Good evening. Good evening, Hannah. Good evening, Keelan. Good evening, everyone. Looking forward to it.
4: There's
3: the agenda, apparently. <laughs>
0: oh, we'll see, won't we? We'll see. <laughs> right,
3: Keelan, do you want to start with uh, David's playing career?
4: So, yeah, just looking at your your footballing career, obviously you, you're born in, in Rotherham and you start your playing career with your hometown club in Rotherham. That must have been quite special for you, beginning your footballing career with your hometown side.
0: Yeah, it always is. I think if you ask any player the play for their hometown team, you know, the the young boy done well, um, I was no different. I can remember making my, I think it was my second ever game at Stoke away at the Brit and I scored first and I went out that night and I didn't buy a drink because I was 50 to 1. Mm-hmm. Because all my mates were out, and it was little things like that that you look back on, which has got sort of nothing to do with football. Well, it has got something to do with football, but I say, you know, the other players don't get that kind of uh, treatment, if you like, um, and adoration from people who I grew up with. So, yeah, it was a it was a fantastic period in Rotham's history. We got back-to-back promotions, League 2, League 1, League 1 championship.
1: Ronnie
0: mm-hmm. um, Moore was a terrific manager to to work under, to learn your trade under,
2: mm-hmm. and we had
0: some outstanding Pros in the dressing room, you know, you've got like Steve Thompson, his assistant at Preston, Paul Hurst, manager, Paul Warren, manager, Richie Barker, assistant to, to Warney. Kev Watson's been a manager. You know, the, the amount of, there'll be ones that i missed, Matt Polly Matt was in the net, he, he's goalkeeper coach. The amount of players in that squad that are still um, in the game, coaching and managing was, or is ridiculously high, um, and I look back now and you can see, because they, they were they were really good uh, influences on someone that was starting out in the game. And
4: then obviously, just scanning over your playing career as well, you had quite a lengthy spell with with Morecambe and you seen, you played alongside the likes of Jim Bentley, who would also go on to manage the shrimps. How would you sum up your time at Morecambe?
0: M- Morecambe, it was their first three years in the league um, and they obviously come up, they're just, uh, I think they'd be an Exeter at Wembley. I think it was Exeter or Stevenage. Um, I signed for them in that summer, and we finished ninth, t- tenth in the league when people were predicting us to go down. Ninth in the league, pre- predicted to go down, and fourth in the playoffs. Um, and it was, I have, it still is, to, to, to my knowledge, a, a, a fantastic football club, one, one of the best I played for, because the the spirit, the people. You know, you talk about people wanting to do things for you. That No better place than Morecambe. But they could not do, you know, they would do anything for you. Literally anything for you, the people in that football club. And it, it was a shame what they sort of went through. They went through the ringer a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Jim became manager and did unbelievably year after year after year to keep him in the league with the turmoil that was going on behind the scenes. And it was being held together by... Three or four local people, and the manager and the players, to keep them in the league, and they did an unbelievable job. You know, and, and that you, you could you, the spirit that 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 was inside the club, and it's it's they've built on that since the new owners have come in, and obviously they've had a spell in League One, which is which is fantastic for them. I really enjoyed my time at Morecambe. I have to say. They're, again, some great great people. You know, Sammy McElroy, the manager, was quite hands off. You let the the, the the lads in the dressing room sort of run the run the dressing room and sort of not dictate training, but me and Jim could say, you know, in a respectful and polite way, could we, do you think we could do a bit more of this or a bit more of that? And the manager and Mark Lewis would listen. And sometimes they'd say yes and sometimes they'd say no, but we, we, we were all in it together. And sometimes you don't get that in football. And that, it, it was very similar to Rotherham in that sense. That's why we went... For, with you know, having sort of two brass tacks and training on literally outside the back of Christie Park on a terrible surface to, to you know define the odds for three seasons on the trot, I, I really enjoyed my time there.
3: Is it quite unusual that to have to for the players to have a level of autonomy over their
0: mm-hmm.
3: training? I, I don't think it's something I've necessarily heard people talk about much before.
0: No, well, it's 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 not common in football, but then if you mm-hmm. go into rugby, I've been into Sales Sharks in this last year a couple of times. Mm-hmm. the opposite. You know, the players I, for my part of my air license a long time ago, I did a study on his you know, his player led coaching, a thing in the future. Mm-hmm. And it's not it's not yet. I do think there's there is time for that to come I think it'll be better for it. I do, mm-hmm. you know, it's a GB taekwondo. And it's interesting because, you, you know, I, I was watching the women. You know, you've got like um, Jade Jones, double Olympic champion. Mm-hmm. She's very much coach-led, wants to be really? coach-led. But you've got Lauren Williams, who's also won medals at World mm-hmm. Championships, Olympic medals, and, and what have you. And Bianca Walkden. Bianca Walkden does all her own program. She tells the coach what she wants That's to true. do. So you've got That's different true. people. And then just all Olympians, all medalists, all top of the game, different weight categories. Yeah. Complete, coach completely differently. And when you go and see these inspiring women, in this case, you you go, right, I think that person wants to tell me stuff,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: whereas I have to tell that person stuff. And Mm -hmm. I think that's management. I think that's, you know, whereas if you put them all in the same pot, I think you'll lose some. You'll stimulate some, you'll lose some. And I think that's the art of managing and coaching, really.
3: Yeah, and still, I guess retaining that control and ultimate control to say, you know, actually today I am the boss and we're going to do this.
0: Yeah, I th- but I think the more humble and the more humility you show,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you, you, you've got you've got to have good people who don't take yeah. advantage. You can't you can't have the lunatics running the asylum. You, you, yeah. You're dead on walking. But at the same time, you know, you, if you ask any of the players at Crew, I used to say to to them after every meeting, after every training session, every game, have you got any questions? And rather than asking it to the whole group, in that mm-hmm. sort of way, there's only the, the sort of old pro or the captain that's going to speak up. I actually yeah. pointed at every single player, didn't matter whether they're mm-hmm. 39 or 19. Mm-hmm. And you get questions such as, you know, are we wearing track suits tomorrow? What time is gym this afternoon? The logistics stuff, fine. Yeah. But then, at the same time, you get a really important question from an 18-year-old, or you get you want a 22-year-old who wants to consolidate his learning by going, "Can I come and see? Because I didn't understand that fully, or do you mean this?" Mm-hmm. Well, if I don't specifically ask them, "Have you got any questions for me? Have you got any questions for the group?" They won't. They won't either get to answer their question. It can and this becomes ambiguity or becomes
1: yeah.
0: content or. Whatever the whatever the outcome is, it's not a positive one.
1: Mm-hmm. So I think as
0: a leader you've got to make sure you are you've got to set boundaries. But once you've set boundaries, leave you know, be be open to go, look, come on, ask me questions. If I don't know the answer, I'll tell you I don't know the answer. Yeah. You know, don't expect me to know the answers mm-hmm. straight away. And if I don't, I'll go and find them for you and we'll come yeah. up with a solution.
1: Yeah. That doesn't mean that if I
0: ask you a question back, I don't know the answer, by the way. I want you to find the answer because it means that you're going to have a greater understanding Mm -hmm. through guided discovery. Yeah. You know, the the best way of learning something, and this is proven in academia, is to teach someone it. So you're trying to get them to teach me. That's what I always, you know, that's what I always try and do. Um, Why why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? It's not that I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know the reason. I want you to Exactly why you're doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You're doing you, you've got a greater depth of understanding. The problem yeah. with that is it takes time. Managers haven't got time. The feels though they, mm-hmm. they, they don't. That's not as important as just getting a result on Saturday. And I understand, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you get enough results and teach and coach in that manner. Your you sort of um, your development of your team and your players becomes tenfold because of how you've taught them
3: nice well we'll get onto that and your kind of yeah, approach and <laughs> no it's like it's super interesting i just know that i'll get derailed by it so i'll go back to keelan
4: <laughs> that's all right and then obviously you would later went on to play for crew who we've already mentioned that you went on to manage and you captained the railway men to a, a playoff final win as a player
1: yeah
4: and you played alongside the likes of nick powell luke murphy and ashley westwood that went on to have you know, pretty good careers in the EFL and, and beyond. So, how enjoyable would you say that period of your playing career was? Yeah, the
0: the the the, the biggest thing I can say about crew is I, I walked in. I, I, I genuinely believe. In fact, you know, the, the Dario mentioned it at the time when I was at Morecambe. Uh, we was three one down to Crew at time and we had ten men, and we beat them four three. It was was unbelievable. We scored at 84, 87, 92. And I scored the 92nd minute winner. Um, And he said that was a big reason, that sort of back to the wall, resilient, and then gone scoring goals at the end, why he signed me. And I can remember going into his office um, to, to sign. And he was the first manager that didn't tell me, look, I just want you to do the basics, head it and kick it kind of rhetoric. We're going to work with you. We're going to develop you. We're going to make you a better player. It, it could have halved the money at that point. I'd have still signed because it was, you know, it was the sort of music to my ears. I want to become a better player. I want to develop. Um, i had been striving for that all my career to become better because you have to mm-hmm. remain ahead of the curve. Otherwise, somebody comes and has your dinner. An eighteen-year-old comes in the team. Yeah, that's that's life. So that, you know, it was a, a learning environment, a coaching environment, a development environment. And it still is, and some of the players. Nick, Nick Powell's the best player I've I've played with. Some of the stuff he did, or still does with the ball, it was, was phenomenal. And he should have played in the Premier League a lot longer than he did. There's, there's We're no enjoying
3: difference. having him at Stockport County. I'm sure it's his spiritual home. It's, it's all ended up fine.
5: Yeah,
0: listen, he's, he's a he's a great bloke. Um, you know, people talk about mavericks. I, I don't think there's any such thing as mavericks. Mm-hmm. They just learn different. They're just different people. Uh-huh. Um, Maverick, I think, is a lazy term. Nick was different. There was no uh-huh. getting no getting around the fact that Nick learned different, did things different, um, different personality, not in a bad way mm-hmm. at all. Never mm-hmm. he was always polite, respectful to the to the staff, to the players, to his teammates. You know, sometimes he just go, I'm not training today. That's okay. Mm-hmm. okay. You know, you gotta understand why he's not training. <laughs> Yeah. Kind of it's not, um, you know, some of the older players, you know, the crew manager now used to lose, lose his head with him. <laughs>
1: you're not playing, yeah. like, you're
0: not training. I don't understand mm-hmm. it because that it was the opposite trade every day, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. Whereas Paulo was like, Well, as long as I turn up on Saturday, I'll be all right. That kind of, and you've got to understand that the difference, yeah. but he was a, a fantastic, fantastic talent. And like I say, you don't, you don't get bought by Man United and Alex Ferguson if you if you're yeah. rubbish.
3: And I guess that comes back to this player centricity and managing the player as much as managing the team and understanding their motivations and what drives them and what what gets them to training or kind of forces them to have had enough of training.
1: Yeah,
0: look, D- Dario did an unbelievable job with him. And then Steve Davis took over and and, and continued that. He, he managed him brilliantly, absolutely brilliantly. I, I can remember we went to Southend, second leg of the playoffs. We, we'd just won 1-0 at home. It was a Thursday night, it was obviously on Sky, and we'd gone down on the on the Wednesday, um, and we'd we, we'd we'd found a literally a local park, or it might be in the back of the hotel. I can't remember. But there's a, tr- a football pitch, mm-hmm. just turn his legs over, and we sort of do the, the sort of jog around the pitch to stretch and all this bit. And Nick's got this big subs coat on. He zipped it up. You can just see his eyes. His arms are in the arms. The, the arms are just flapping, just walking, hand <laughs> circle. This is the, the day of the second leg of the playoff final. <laughs> and I can I, I can still remember some of the players going, "Oh my god, what is he doing? Why, why doing? <laughs> all that kind of chat?" Me going, "Just leave him. He'll be all right. Mm-hmm. Be all right. It's alright. It's not a problem." Because he turned up all season for us. Yeah. And the manager sort of, you've got to be careful. You can't just turn the blind eye to it. You've got to make sure. No don't follow his lead yeah it's not right for them but it was right for Nick and if mm-hmm. you make sure everyone understands well that's him that's right for him it's not right for you And yeah. we're all we all end up where we need to end up um, mm-hmm. and like I say we we had a, a terrific young team a really good young team you know there was only probably me and Steve Phillips around 30 year old um, all the rest of them were were really young players and and very good players um all had you know made 200 odd appearances. Matt Tuttle played 200 odd times if I went to Knox County, and AJ Leach Smith, Byron Moore went to Plymouth. You know, all these players that you go, Oh, yeah, I forgot about him, or Oh, yeah, yeah, he didn't, he didn't get to where Westy and and Powley and, and and Murph got to. They all had decent careers, they all had mm-hmm. 200 games, yeah, and, and they were they were really really good players, and that's why we ended up going. I think it was 17 or 18 games unbeaten in the second half of that season, and mm. we, bet we beat we yeah. at Wembley.
3: I think I'm um, just a, only about a year younger than you, and growing. up. I'm lo- fairly local. I'm from Stockport, and growing up, the Crew Academy was always, you know, the, you know, United City, but it was Crew that you know yeah. had the reputation for for nurturing talent. and I know that that's something that you you were very keen on in, during your time there.
0: Yeah, I think what, what you have to obviously, when I became a player there, I wanted to coach. Dario allowed me to coach, become the academy manager, continue coaching. It was the first time I'd seen what I'd call pure coaching.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, the academy office on a Monday morning, it was never how did you get on yesterday, win, lose, or draw? It was who was the best player, who didn't do very well. Oh, and by the way, how did you get on? The result was completely incidental, completely mm. incidental. And as much as coaches can say that, it's a cultural thing. hmm Cultural thing. That's what the culture is at that, that football club. Even to yeah. the point where the first team gets sometimes affected by it. Yeah, I can imagine. Because because it's about well, if I play well, I'm all right. You know, and you have to sort of try and change the mindset quite quickly when you're a first team manager. Mm-hmm. And manager, it's sort of music to your ears because you're going, no, they're still developing, kind of thing. That's yeah. my, my job, mm-hmm. uh, but they, they teach them technique techniques. But it's the detail, the detail I learned at Crew as a player and as a coach for, whatever it was, five six years before I become manager for another five years. Mm-hmm. The detail you learn to teach the, the players is well, I probably learned more in that period, that two years, than I did in the previous what, five mm-hmm. or six. Years that's for sure. Different in the first two or three years because you're learning different things, you know, how to avoid tackles and that kind of thing. (laughs) And then when you're learning technique and how to be coached and how coaches coach, um, it's it's, it's a terrific football club.
3: Um, In 2012, when you won the playoff final, did you break your foot a few days before? Yeah. What was that? I mean? How do you play through is it? Kind of mind over matter, or a well, lot well, the, of matter?
0: the story is we we was playing on the Saturday at home to to Southampton, uh-huh. and um, we knew it was sort of the media afternoon where they right. come in and take pictures of you, ready for the Wembley program if you get there. Mm-hmm. So this all happens before the first like, we had done a um, like a possession drill part of training with some goals, and a, a young lad called Harry Clayton, who's now a coach at Everton whose brother was Max, who went on to have a decent career. Um, he went to shoot at goal and I told the ball towards the quarter flag and he kicked the side of my foot. That was Thursday morning. Fairly painful, carried on training. Um, <clears throat> had my dinner in the afternoon. I went into the, the, the indoor dome where all these, because they wanted, you know, as captain, they wanted to take some photos, some, some action shots, all the rest of it. And I walked in, this was sort of two hours after training, couldn't really, I certainly couldn't stand on my tiptoes. And I said to the guy, I said, look, you're going to have to get someone else. They can't actually do anything here. And he's sort of mm-hmm. looking at me and like, said, do you think I'm a South End fan or a Cheltenham fan or something? And I, I just wasn't. I just sat there and literally watched four or five other lads. I can remember Westy and Steve Phillips having some pictures done. I went back in. it must have been about half three. Went to see the physio. I'd gone home. His daughter was ill. Oh. That's just my luck as well. So anyway, I thought, fine. Look, I'll be all right, you know. Train tomorrow, get through it, play Saturday. And then I woke up the next morning, I thought, I'm in trouble here. So I phoned the physio and I said, Look, are you know, are get early. So I was in for half seven, like eight o'clock something. And he looked at me and said, Right, let's go and have an x ray. You that's the only way we can decide. And it was so to touch, you've got like a lot. everyone's got a lump on the side of the foot at the bottom, that's the base of your fifth metatarsal. I didn't know at the time. And anyway, we <laughs> go around the corner to Leighton Hospital, sit there. And I've had x-rays on things before, you know, mm-hmm. last night with my daughter, all yeah. that stuff. And they sort of take a picture, don't they? And they come out and they sort of just go, everything's all right, not a problem, we'll send the report back. This woman, this radiographer, come out and said, do you want to pop back in? And mm-hmm. you just know, your heart sinks. And she showed me this x-ray and she went, see that there, look? You Not know, a big crack through your metatarsal there. You brought your metatarsal. So, obviously, I walk back to my car, go back. This is Friday morning, day before the first leg of the playoff final. It's probably half nine at this point, ten o'clock. Training starts at half ten. I walk into the manager's office and say, just to Steve, Steve Davis, I said, I brought my foot. He's like, yeah, all right. I said, I brought my foot. And it's obviously that that happens. I, I immediately the physio puts me in a boot, I'm on crutches. Mm-hmm. That's that. Um, he says I'll he'll get the report for the radiographer. I appreciate this is a bit long winded, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> so that he arranges for me to see a, 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 a specialist that I'll never ever the name I'll never forget, a, a doctor Karen Luscombe, on the Monday morning back at Leighton Hospital round the corner. Mm-hmm. So I walk in. I've got a boot, crutches. Um, with the physio, um, she goes. Well, I spoke to Rob, the physio. I understand you've got an important game in two and a half weeks' time. And I said, "Well, we've got to win on Thursday first. Yeah. But Well, the good news is it's not mid shaft the break like Rooney and all them people who missed World mm-hmm. Cups six weeks, eight weeks. So it's right at the end of the bone. So it's not going to get any worse because it's, mm-hmm. it's just the end of the bone that's come off, if you like. It's not yes. displaced. You don't need an operation or the rest of it. And the truth is, in you know, in two weeks' time, you're going to be in a lot of pain, but you might get away with it. I went, all right, okay, that's good news. And she starts, carries on talking. And she goes, "I only mean, got questions for me?" I said, "Well, I've only got one." I said, "You said I could possibly play in two weeks' time if I can manage the pain. It's not going to get any worse." She went. I said, "Am I understanding you right?" She went, "Yeah, yeah." I said, "Right." I so, said, all right, and I started on velcro in Velcroing this boot. Rob, the physio, sat Rob Sharp sat next to me. He looked at me and said, Well, it's all right, I'll play on Thursday. And I just put the boot on a desk and walked out. And she went, uh, hang on a minute, hang on, hang on. <laughs> me, if you get injured, I went, I promise you, I won't come back to you. And that was it. I played on the Thursday with a with an injection. Freddie Eastwood, you know, the old Wolves player, stood on my foot, which was the most painful thing I've ever experienced on a football pitch. Um... But we won the game and we played at Wembley and we won. And and that's the story.
3: And at what point in the season did you start to think that promotion was realistic?
0: Well, I can't remember exactly where it was in the run, but like I said, we'd won won 17, 18 games unbeaten, finishing at Wembley. Mm -hmm. We played Rotherham at Don Valley Stadium. They had their little sabbatical at at Don Valley in Sheffield for three or four years. And we played them on a Tuesday night, and we were awful. It was probably our worst performance of the season. We drew one all. And I can remember we only scored a penalty because their, their goalkeeper messed up, kicked the ball straight to our striker who sort of went through one-on-one and he brought him down because the pitch was terrible and all that kind of stuff. And I can remember going in afterwards and Steve, the manager, wasn't best pleased even though we'd drawn one all. And I can remember sat there and Neil Baker, the assistant manager, was sat next to me. And I, and I just turned to him and I sort of, I, I can't remember the exact words, but I basically said, you know what it means if we if we join when we play that bad, don't you? And basically, basically started and went, oh, 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 oh. of course I do. And got up, walked off. And <laughs> at that point, I certainly knew and he knew that we had a great chance of being promoted. Um, Nothing was guaranteed. I think it might have been 10 games left or something. Somebody will be able yeah. to, some crew fan will be able to say exactly when it was in the season. But we knew because the mm. team knew we weren't going to get beat. We, we, we knew. I, I remember um, before the playoff final, I think Cheltenham had played at Wembley three times and never lost one three times. And I can remember thinking, don't mind they're going to lose tomorrow. <laughs> we just knew. It wasn't an overconfidence. Nobody said mm. it. Nobody spoke about it. And I think I knew before probably most. There's, there's only me and Steve Phillips that had probably been promoted before. Mm-hmm. And you just sort of, you just knew. And and the Rotherham game was a a great example of that because we were awful that day, but we didn't all stick it out and and get a point and get out of there.
4: And then obviously you've mentioned um, Steve Davis a few times. How great of a manager was he to play under?
0: Yes, Steve, what what I'd say is about about sort of the the team that year, we were a fantastic team. Yeah, had put together an unbelievable team, mainly academy graduates. That Dario being Dario, we were that we were over coached. Yeah. So when when results you know didn't go our way and Dario was getting a bit of stick from the crowd, Steve being the assistant stepped up. Yeah. I can remember saying to him after about six weeks, you know, how do you think are you are you finding it and all the rest of it? Yeah, great, great. I said to be fair, you just had to make us fitter, haven't you? And I can remember thinking, "Oh, well, I probably shouldn't have said that. I didn't want to sound condescending." Yeah. At the same time, it, that's that's. I don't want to take anything away from him because he did terrific. But at the same time, make us fit, give us a little bit of understanding about. Look, it's not just about playing well; it's about winning as well, which he did do brilliantly. You know, we had an unbelievable team, an unbelievable team. So he inherited all the raw ingredients. And he just, in, you know, credit to him, he highlighted exactly what we needed: a bit, bit more resilient, fitter. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, uh, you know, you, you end up a month and a half later starting a seventeen-game on being run or whatever it was. You know, and, and it, but it was it was it was good for me, and it was certainly good for the other players as well.
4: Then, just looking towards the, the latter stages of your career, there was quite interesting reading. To you got obviously you played for Gibraltar, didn't you? I did. Yes. Can you just talk us through how that came to be? Because you didn't really get... Do you get your first call-up at the age of about 34, was it? Yeah, I think I was 34. Well,
0: the, the story is my dad was born there because my, my yeah. grandparents were in the, the, the Navy. And yeah. um, they became the 54th member of UEFA. So mm-hmm. they they played stuff like the Island Games before against Jersey and Island Man and all this. Which mm-hmm. so I was aware of. but Not really something that... Had, Particularly float my ball, and I've said the players themselves would admit that it was more I I don't want to use the word stag weekend, but it was certainly more that that end of the spectrum than an actual football tournament or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, when they became the 54th member, you get a phone call, and you know, I, I don't, I genuinely don't know how many games I played four, five, six, seven, something like that. Not many, but I was 34, and I, I, I have to say, I was grateful for as many as I could play. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like I can remember playing Germany in Germany three months after they just won the World Cup. They'd just beat Brazil seven-one in their backyard in the semi-final of the World Cup, and we sat there the day before or the night before having his his, his evening meal. We've got a hospital porter, uh, a, a fireman, a <laughs> officer, two policemen, you know, a lawyer, you know, and and <laughs> we had a, we had a really frank and open and honest conversation on the table about we're obviously not going to win. I can, remember, I can remember the press conference, um, it's always the manager and the player, and obviously a, a room full of the German press saying, do you think you've got a chance? And I said, yeah. So said, we only need two players sent off and three injuries. <laughs> and, and obviously the room started laughing a bit, um, and it was slightly in jest, but at the same time, probably more, more realistic. And we had that conversation around the around the, the, the dinner table about we, we're gonna, we could lose significantly here and we've got to make sure we didn't. And then, you know we only lost 4-0, which felt like a victory. We didn't really get out of our half, I have to say. Um, and when we did, we, we got a corner just before half-time and I come over me and Scott Wiseman, who was the only the pro in the team. We are running up for this corner and Thomas Muller turns around to us and looked at us and just went... This is your big chance, <laughs> and obviously, we was howling. I mean, Scott was howling because he was he was talking to us all through the game, and, and I'd say it was good fun. Um, so yeah, them kind of memories are. You know, I, I have to say I think it was a reward for a, a hard earned career. That's the way I look at mm-hmm. it. I, I was I was never blessed with raw talent, raw physical attributes other than height, really. But I didn't half graft. I worked my socks off every day um, to to get better and to 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 make sure I played and did whatever I could. I suppose the playoff final with we my broken foot sort of showed that. Um, and to get called up at 34 and playing played against Lewandowski and all these other teams and all these you know these brilliant places in front of thousands and thousands was. I felt a reward for for the effort I put in for the previous sort of fifteen years.
1: Absolutely.
4: And Would you say it was a, a natural progression then, when you ended your career to go into coaching and management? Was it always something that you thought, oh, when I when I hang up my playing boots, it's something I want to I want to explore?
0: Yeah, I can remember um, one of the seasons at at Crew uh, at Morecambe. Sorry, yeah. me and Jim Bentley had write the ses- every session down that we did, so I've got a book upstairs, um, every single session we did that year, that that, that season, um, writing how I felt in it, what could make it better, what couldn't, and that, I was, I don't know, I was probably 26, 27 at the time, did my B licence, then you come to crew, start coaching, actual mm-hmm. proper coaching if you like, and it does become a natural progression, you see the game differently, it helps you as a player, without a shadow of a doubt, and, uh, you know, I, I was, I was grateful for the opportunity when when Dario allowed me to coach and stand on that astroturf and freezing, driving rain, watching someone else coach for three months before he lets you lose on them.
3: And that um, have you always been as reflective as you are now in terms of when you started that coaching trajectory of your career? Did you do so thinking quite clinically about? All of the different managers that you'd had and the influences and and what you wanted to take from them, or is that something that you've kind of grown into as your career has progressed?
0: No, I've I've, I've got a piece of paper. I've got all the managers um, on one side, a title for them. So one of them is an autocrat. One of them is a philosopher. One of them is a dreamer. Yeah. You know, and and then actually how I. Um, would coach him, how I would manage him, how he mm. would manage me. And you, you sort of, it's, 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 it's only to learn and go, right, okay, mm-hmm. if I have that kind of player, what would, would that make him, mm. that kind of thing. So it's just a reflection on what I what I took from each of them yeah. players, each of them managers. Yeah. Um, and I did that, you know, certainly before I finished playing. That's for sure.
3: Um, one of the things that you talked about at Crew is taking an awful lot on. And I thought that, you know, when you said about Morecambe, oh, they they, they looked after everyone, but that's something that you've talked about doing at Crew and yep. you know how much that takes takes out of you. Is it um, I guess, the lazy option then to not look after each person individually and, and treat them as a team holistically? Um,
0: well, it, it could be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's more to do with probably to time management and, and prioritising other things. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is getting better. Obviously, managers do get more support. Yeah, uh, there's, there's better resources around them. But then when you're at one club for a long time, you wear this jacket mm-hmm. and you don't ever take that jacket off. Then you wear no. another jacket. And three months later, you've got another jacket, and before mm-hmm. you know it, you, you, it weighs heavy. Um, yeah. Don't get me wrong; I'm I'm proud to be the only person that's ever got promoted as a player and as a manager at Crew. Yeah. You know, in hundred and odd years of history,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: that doesn't. I, I don't think I've ever said that to the press before. Mm-hmm. It's Probably a hard thing to do, <laughs> um, yeah. but at the same time, it does take its toll. You know, yeah. Crew, crew um, had a an owner that took money out of the football club so money mm-hmm. was tight and it didn't get reinvested the fans yeah. all know this so it's not um, yeah. a secret so you had to have people to step up and I, I feel as I did that in my time as both a player and as a manager um, I, I'm proud of my every single year including the last one
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, what I did um, I didn't deviate from philosophy I probably should have for my own sake mm-hmm. I didn't players. sake um, yeah. I ultimately paid them the price for my job.
2: But mm. then people
0: like, like Williams got a year in the first team. Um, you know the the, the the players that are playing now um, they, they were second year scholars in that last season. Yeah. I,
1: made,
0: I made them do the first the, the pre season with all the first team. We're mm-hmm. all gonna need them that year um, But at the same time it's you know I could quite easily have gone to the chamber look when they're not ready because they weren't quite clearly, mm-hmm. to Sunderland, away and playing a 17-year-old, 18-year-old and a 22-year-old back three against Jim mm-hmm. Gifo and, and the Golden Boot winner, Ross Stewart. I look back and I think, I weren't looking after myself, my own career, my own interests there, and mm-hmm. I knew that. I, I was giving opportunities to young players. And on one hand, I think that's admirable. And mm-hmm. brilliant. on the other hand, I look, and, and unselfish. On the other hand, I think I'm stupid because I should have just said, no, I'm not playing them because they're not ready and because I've played with my job. But that's only, um, only with the benefit of hindsight, with, you know, when you
5: reflect back, you think like that.
3: Yeah. Okay. Let's pause for a minute there for the ads from our sponsors.
5: This podcast is sponsored by the wonderful people over at NordVPN. The 2023-24 campaign is set to draw to a close, but the football never truly stops. With the Olympics, Euro 2024, and the new season set to commence in no time, make sure you don't miss any of the action wherever you may be in the world by downloading NordVPN. For just the price of one cup of coffee per month, NordVPN allows you to watch your favourite teams, players, shows, and movies anywhere in the world, even if they aren't available in your region, simply by switching the location on your device to one which is showing the content. NordVPN also acts as your cyber bodyguard, protecting your personal data and other sensitive information such as credit cards and passwords from falling into the wrong hands, which is always a worry when you travel abroad. And with just one subscription to NordVPN, you can use this service across six different devices, which is incredibly handy if you're traveling with your family and or loved ones. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash real EFL. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee and you'll help support our podcast too. The link is in the podcast episode description box. So now... Back to the podcast.
2: Away days are great, especially when your striker bag's a last-minute winner. But there's nothing quite like playing at home. And do you know what? The same goes for McDonald's. Why not maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery? Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18-plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
3: So welcome back. Um, We've just talked about uh, your kind of, I guess, the end of your career at Crew. you've said quite openly that you would have liked to have had the next 10 to 15 games in, in the season that followed. Do you think, mean, and we've just seen this weekend, the first sacking in League Two with um, Ian Dawes leaving Tranmere. Do you think that, there's, I, I don't know, the owners and um, and stakeholders in the club are too quick who replace managers, or is it is it just part and parcel of, of the um, job?
0: Yeah, as a work manager, no, they're not quick enough. They should sack them all. <laughs> no, um,
1: That's no, quite. Well,
0: I think um, I think managers get an unfair mm-hmm. um, hand by and large. Mm-hmm. Um, don't get me wrong, there is good ones, these bad ones. Of course, there is. It's, it's it's There's usually, in fact, there's always contributory factors. It's like mm-hmm. when a team scores a goal; it's not usually one person's fault. Even if it's a massive area, there'll be other contributory factors to a lesser extent. And that's the same with with managers and 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 losing losing jobs. Um, I think I saw something the other day. Do you think managers should only get sacked in transfer windows? That. I'm not sure that's the right answer because transfer windows there's a lot of um prep and planning goes yeah, into transfer definitely. windows and you'd be doing all that knowing that you're gonna get rid of someone I think that's just
1: yeah that's
0: just kamikaze for football clubs and and it was um uh I, I just don't think that could happen. Mm-hmm. I don't think it can do I think that there should be a minimum number mm-hmm. of games yeah I probably do probably doing like you know when you're out of work that, that's to your disadvantage when you're in work you get more of a chance because yeah. you can then build you can be more um, sort of medium term maybe not long term but certainly if you get even if it's only 25 games it's only half a season
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know it doesn't have to be really long but then nobody's going to vote for that because they're not going to vote for that so it's, mm-hmm. it's a hypothetical question really um, yeah and I'm not sure what the answer is other than it just won't happen so we have to deal with it
4: and obviously um, Ian Dawes was at a similar stage in his career like a similar trajectory to you obviously starting out at tram mirroring and getting the sack in his first job would did there be any advice that you would give him trying to bounce back from this
0: oh. Um <laughs> I think I did my I think I did my B license fifteen years twenty years ago with with Dosey. and I always find them good company you know, I have to am um, not quite sure enough time um, I think the the first thing to do is reflect quickly and and if if, if he wants to get back on the horse, um, he hasn't been in it long enough to to need a break to want mm-hmm. a break uh, like I've had. Um, you know, so I would my advice to him would be trying to get back in, even if it's not a manager's job, try and get back in the club as quick as he could.
3: When you originally went to Crew, it was very well. I guess uh, stepped up at Crew, it was very much with the goal of avoiding relegation. Is that you? Know, could you be positioned as the saving a team from relegation specialist? And you know when. Let's say hypothetically, Doncaster Rovers in a couple of weeks decide that they're going to um, a- alleviate Grant McCann of his services. Is that the kind of role that you would like to take on again? Or what What, what are you passionate about in terms of the type of okay. challenge?
0: So the first part of that question is you're asking me, am I the lower league Sam Allardyce? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think, or, or Neil Warnock, yeah. yeah. Um, I think for me, trying um, to answer your question properly, is I develop players and teams. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the, we, we had the best team in League Two. That's why we were top of the league when, we've, when, when the season was curtailed because of COVID. Mm-hmm. We had the best team in League One, the best football team in League One. We finished the top half of the table with the lowest budget. We weren't the best team. That was Hull. They they went up as champions. We we was the best. We we went to Hull. You know we were brilliant. We went to Ipswich, played them off the park. Nobody could match us. For, finished above Russell Martin's MK Dons twice. Beat them. I think it was. You know playing. You know Luke Williams, who was the assistant manager Knox county manager. Yeah. Afterwards, he was saying, "We have to do more work on you than anyone." because the mm-hmm. amount of football, you know, the option, all that kind of st- proper football yeah. chat with good people, Russ and, Russ and yeah. Luke are good people, really knowledgeable football people. So I'm a, a developer of teams and players. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I might, might have turned down a few jobs because I feel there's a short-termism. Now, that might be yeah. foolish on my part. And it might not be what I'm... I might never find what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I want a project, I want someone to go. Okay, there you go. We, we will stand by you because the first six months he's always mm-hmm. rocky. Mm-hmm. So, like for any manager, you know, indoors is a good example of that. Yeah. Grant McCann is a he's brilliant Grant, experienced manager at the bottom of the league. Mm-hmm. I saw last week against Swindon.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, it was two decent football teams, but it was nil nil and they were never no team was going to score. Mm hmm. You know, does does yeah. play with his job because he can't score with 10 men against Swindon? Mm-hmm. Gosh. But yeah. over the course of 10, 15 games, the chairman might decide. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, I want something that you go, right, okay, let's get your teeth into it. Let's develop. Because I'd always back myself to get out of whatever division, whether that's League 2 or League 1.
1: Mm-hmm. Because of,
0: as long as we've got enough resources, yeah. I, I built a team that finished in the top half of League One above Plymouth. But we sold five of our players. Plymouth blocked four in and they're finishing the playoffs next year and we got relegated. Really
1: mm-hmm.
0: that, that's, um, that's not a criticism of crew. That's the business model. No. They had to do that to survive. financially. Yeah. And I knew that before I took the job. So it's not a criticism mm-hmm. or, or you know anything like that. But it shows how much I could build how much mm-hmm. I can develop a team, players. Yeah. Like say, four of the five of them went and played in a higher league, so they could play higher. Teams were paying mm-hmm. money to, to play them higher, to, to, to sign them. So, I, I'm looking for somewhere where an owner, um, chairman, you know, goes, okay, we know you're going to develop over the next mm-hmm. months to make us a brilliant team, you know, um, this year, hopefully. If not, then certainly next year. That's what I'm looking for.
3: Um, you talked about that uh, eleven day break that you had after you left crew, and then you went on holiday. I preferred the holiday bit, but I, like my my mind works similarly, I think, in terms of the right get everything out and down, and then and then move on. And you've got this kind of master plan for what. David Artell's managerial style is, which I imagine to be like some kind of total football. You know, it's got charts and it's the, the Ted Lasso way. I think you should, <laughs> but how um, how rigid and dogmatic are you with that? Given that you've put so much work into it,
0: no, that's that that's just me sort of like spring cleaning my head Yeah. because I've then wrote. I bet I've wrote probably three hundred training sessions down as well, something like that. You know, a crazy number. It's not, it's not nothing special. It's just the sessions that I go right. Okay, this, this, and this, and it just means some. It just means that I'm fresh.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I I wanted to take a, a fairly long time out. I have been in football literally since I left school. I'd had eleven mm-hmm. days from the last GCSE to start my apprenticeship at Rotherham. Yeah, I've been in football ever since. Yeah, and to get to 42, 41, 42. I want to do at least six months, if not nine, 12 months. Mm-hmm. And I've turned down quite a lot of jobs last year for that reason. Yeah. Now I'm going, okay, I'm, I'm I'm fresh because I've got that down. I've got some sessions down. Does that mean that I use that? Not in that, Not in that. it's got to be this way. The job of a manager is to get the best out of what you've got. Now, if that means it's compatible mm-hmm. with my, my way, if you like, my mm-hmm. philosophy, then great. If it's not, if, if, if we've got two centre-halves that are poor in possession, mm-hmm. I think it'd be slightly crazy to ask them to start getting off the goalkeeper and, you know, start threading balls through. Although they'd have to start to learn that. So mm-hmm. I feed that in, but at the same time, They'll need to learn quick because that's ultimately where we've got to get to. But then there'll be other bits that they are brilliant at. So we've got mm-hmm. to take to of that. It might be attacking corners. Well, let's take advantage of that. So it's you, you get to where you need to be over time, but not initially. It's, it's analyzing what you've got and getting the best out of them, influencing the, the best leaders are the best influencers in my eyes.
3: Yeah. And given the opportunities that have been offered to you over the last twelve months, is it really frustrating to be linked with everything going? It feels like at the moment, like someone's sacked, oh, David Artald in the running.
0: No no, not particularly. What what I would say is that first that last season I probably wasn't interested in, in going back in. I don't mm-hmm. I, I, I am. It just, just I just know. Yeah no. I, I, I turned the job down in not so long back because my father's you know, terminally ill, and I just wanted to spend a bit more time with him. I, I don't mm-hmm. want sympathy or anything like that. I'm not saying it for sympathy; just just a normal human being. And I've had the last 12 months. I've spent a lot of time with him. Mm-hmm. i afforded the opportunity to. And if anybody begrudges me that, well, I don't think uh, they'll be on my Christmas card list. So, um, you know, and I'm, I'm, you know, so I'm I'm waiting. And I'm sure the sacking season, well, it has already started, hasn't it? it started. <laughs> you know, and, and I I feel ready, refreshed, and I'm pretty certain in this next two, three, four, five weeks, I'll be back in. You know, the late, the last job I turned down in the summer was assistant manager at Standard Age in Belgium, you know, before they offered it Yaya Tory. So yeah. I know I'm going to get a job. Um, I just want it to be... As, as right as I want it to feel, I want to feel comfortable yeah. with who I'm working for. That's mm-hmm. important to me. You know, I think yeah. I've got really strong values. You know, I, I know most some managers will say that, but I feel I want to. You know, I'm an honest guy, I'm a Yorkshireman. A spade is a spade in my world, it's not a shovel. You know, a shovel's a shovel, you know, and, and I so want to cool. be able to feel that they can say whatever they want to me and I'll be able to say whatever I want to them mm-hmm. because that's how I work not because we have to have a row or anything like that. We're just two adults, being honest, because we all want the same goal. And yeah. when we get to that stage, then we go, right, okay, let's let's talk about how we can help this football club. And that's yeah. that's ultimately how I how I am with with people above and, and, and players and staff.
3: So you um your uh I guess career progression from player to coach to manager is quite common. But we were talking just before the interview started about how being a good player doesn't necessarily make you a good manager one of the things that you've done i think since you left was a degree in football management how has that changed your perspective and what have what have you done or what do you think makes you different from other um, people in the same position
0: I, I think i think the thing is you've always got to continue to learn that's the key thing so the game football management i started a new course with the lMA last Tuesday, we were at the Hawthorns. Mm-hmm. Paul Hurst were there. Um, John Coleman were there. Eddie Boothroyd, Les Ferdinand. You know, a diploma and strategic leadership.
1: Nice.
0: You know, so so you know if you don't go on these courses, and the, that I've said the LMA courses are fantastic, like mm-hmm. top top draw. The guy who spoke last Tuesday was a guy called Jed Salzano, who was in the SBS, the Special Boat Service. He was impressive. That guy. Oof. Mm-hmm. What he spoke about in leadership, and you know, I'd have gone to war for him that afternoon, you know, because, <laughs> you know, because he was that influential. And he's met, yeah. he he sat on the Cobra Committee, advising the the government, wow. defence, and all the rest of it. That's how influential this guy is. He mm-hmm. was, and and when you when you're learning off these people, you know, like I said I've been into sales shots, I've been into GB Taekwondo, I was in at West Ham last week, you know, all that kind of. I've been into Liverpool loads of times. When you go into these, Brentford, when you go into these high-performing environments, continue. Mm-hmm. you pick up little bits just by watching, mm-hmm. by being there. When you go on these courses, you pick up lots because that's what they're designed mm-hmm. for. So you've got to continue to, I believe, that's what I did as a player. Yeah, you know, yeah. I was, I was one of them that was out on the training pitch at two o'clock in the afternoon, three o'clock in the afternoon, and then go and have your dinner. and find the canteen and shut <laughs> <laughs> because I wanted to continue to get better. And mm-hmm. I, I just I think that just became natural when I was a player. I was I was at university as well because I'd mm-hmm. go to university because um, because it's a thirst for knowledge to to continue to get better.
3: Where did forensic biology come from as a degree choice? Um,
0: when when I, like I said, when I was at Rodham, I first year pro. When you do your apprenticeship way uh-huh. back when you couldn't do A levels, you couldn't do anything, you had to do a gym right. in leisure and tourism a college in Leeds with all the other footballers, which was great because you were sat next to Alan Smith <laughs> and Harry Kuehl and all the superstars from Leeds. Um, but it didn't particularly do me any, any great learning how to run a leisure centre, no, yeah. <laughs> or how much a swimming pool costs to run, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> So then I had to start, I had to do an access course to get into university, which I did yeah. in one year at a college in Sheffield. And then during that year, um, you'd go home, it'd be three o'clock in the afternoon, and Murdershire Road would be on, or Columbo, or, you know, something like that. Um, and, and I just thought, well, oh, that's probably interesting, we'll have a go at that, because the course were designed, the, the, the access course was designed, that you could do everything, you know, quite a lot of
1: mm-hmm.
0: off of it. And that's what I did. I started off with uh, you know, Sheffield University. And then when I come over to Chester, I, I continued it. And what was it, seven years later, I'd got a forensic biology degree. And I, what I would say is that the, you, I did learn a lot about the, the human body on a molecular, a cellular yeah. level. So that, And it wasn't by design. Um, no. But now that sports science has become more and more uh important i can certainly speak to sports scientists on that level and physios on that level mm. and i sometimes astound new employees when i talk about heat shock proteins and that kind of yeah. thing. Know so yeah they, it helps with a bit of commonality and understanding mm-hmm. um so it, it, it is a bit of crossover
3: so one of the things we did was, uh, it's always dangerous, uh, asked the Twitter community for their questions for you. So I'll throw Keelan under the bus and let him ask the first one, but he'll probably, I don't know, you're going for a soft one.
4: You... Yeah, no, I've been scanning over them and I've seen which one, to which, which one will be good to open with as a bit of a soft one. <laughs> uh, no, I was, I was intrigued by this one. Um, I don't know who said it on Twitter. I've just got it on my my phone here, but how, how closely has David been following Lee Bell's crew team? Obviously this Twitter user said that some of the kids that you gave debuts to are really flourishing now. So do you keep a close eye on, on crew still?
0: Yeah, I, I need to go back. I haven't seen them at home yet. I've, I've, I'll be going back in the next week or two to go and see them. look, um, be- Belly's, um, done a terrific job. Um, is he is, um, you know, it's part of that cycle, if you like, is the, the fallow year was my last year and last year. And now them players have got a year and a half, two years experience, some of them, they're going to come good this year. They'll probably finish mid-table next year. You know, if I was a betting man, you know, I'd have my pound on, on crew as an outside bet because there's every chance that they'll be there or thereabouts because that's the sort of cycle that they work under. Um, you know, so he, he's, he's certainly done well. He's studied the ship and, and he's, he's bringing back a, a crew philosophy, a crew way, um, you know, after, after, like I say, a couple of fallow years. So, you know, he'll, he'll do fine. Belly knows his way around a football pitch and around the dressing room. I'm sure there'll be bits that he's learned and bits that it still hasn't got, because that's what happens when you're in your first job. But he's made a good start.
3: I um, Someone described it as belly ball, which I thought was quite nice. That's, that's his philosophy, of belly ball.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, I think uh, I'd say my dad's got a belly ball. I mean, <laughs> more, more to do with pie than beer, to be honest But. <laughs>
1: <with.
3: laughs> um so you've talked about some of the budget restrictions uh, towards the end of your time at uh, at Crew, and and, and the, I guess the reasons behind them. With that in mind, what's your kind of pervasive opinion of Charles Grant?
0: Oh, is that the hard one? Is that the, oh, yeah. the I one soft? That's
3: <laughs> the nicer ones.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: Charles, Charles is a is a good blog. You know, mm-hmm. you know people, um, I'm, you, what, what people I think what the crew fans of Polly forgot is that it was his first or is his first chairmanship of a football mm. club and he's a human being is he going to yeah. make mistakes yeah it, it, they are the, the board is a brand new board it, they're going to make mistakes and that's mm. not that they've made loads or you know or trying to throw them under a bus I'm sure they'll readily admit that or, that, mm. or maybe behind closed doors they'll admit that Um so yeah they're, 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 like i said they've, they've had some challenging times you know charles' is, what what people have forgot is that um they had they had an owner that was just taking money out of the football club and he um got a consortium together if you want for a better term to to buy him out, and they're now mm-hmm. in a far better place yeah did he did he make that um did did he make some poor decisions after that I'm sure he'll say he did um but you know, he's, he's a good guy. I, his, his heart's in the right place. Um, you know, we'll, we'll you got to judge him over longer than the last two years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I haven't got I, I certainly haven't got a problem with Charles Grant. Is he's a he's a chairman of a football club? Um, and I always I always got on well with him. We had adult conversations. That's. And, if you have adult conversations you, you and you think about stuff, you, you get further and you get further quicker. And yeah. Ivan, um, I don't know if that's what whoever asked that question wanted to, to hear, probably not. <laughs> I'll find,
3: we'll find out. We'll go back to them, clip it yeah. and say, you
0: know, you know he's, he's, a, he's a decent guy. The, 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 they all want the best for, for the football club.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think that's, that's the first question, the first box yeah. ticked. Because not all chairmen do, um, you know, and they're, and they're trying their best with limited resources. So you've got to cut them a bit of slack,
1: I think.
4: And yeah, just looking at other Twitter questions, I thought this was a an interesting one. Not not as not a tough one, I don't think, but it'd be an interesting one. <laughs> I think um, I know which one it might be.
0: <laughs> come on! Uh, then. So
4: how did you um, manage life outside of the um, the football club when when you're at crew? They were saying you're a dad and had a partner, you managed players and their agents and did practically most of the jobs there. Was that was it mentally exhausting and did you have did you ask for help during that time?
0: Um, I'd certainly ask for help, yeah. Um, yeah. in you know, with, with more resources in the football club, which were denied, which is fine. Yeah. Um, the first bit of question, how did I handle it all outside badly? Truthfully, I, 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 my family suffered. I don't mean suffered in a, um, uh,
4: yeah,
0: you know, I don't mean in suffered in it with a big S, if you like. I just mean yeah. that I, I wasn't. My wife had said to me, "You were sat on the settee, but you weren't present." Well, mm. that's the best way of putting it. Um, fortunately, I'd seen my kids grow up a lot because you, you as a footballer, you, you, you are around a lot. Yeah. Not, not Even though I lived away sometimes, but. Um, you know but it did take a lot out of it um, I've, I, you know I'm not sort of ashamed to say it that doesn't mean to say that um, I don't think I'd ever go back to that extreme I'd make sure um, from my point of view there was you know a better team around certainly um, mm-hmm. also from, just purely from my point of view I delegated better yeah. and I think it is easier and it's different when you go into a new club Definitely, yeah. Then, like I said, I, I, I become crew manager already with 35 coats on my back.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: That's not a criticism. That's just the organic nature of it. Um, yeah. You know, so I know that I can go in somewhere fresh, fresh in here. Yeah. You know, fresh here, if you like, with, with no sort of baggage, mm-hmm. no expectation of, mm-hmm. you know, um, you must always... Hold the door open for somebody on the way in and to you know, I don't I don't know. Something's so trivial you won't even think about it. But actually that's part of what you have, what's expected of you.
1: Mm-hmm. You can't
0: go and go, right, this is me. I'm a good person, I'm a good bloke, I'm honest with you, I'll treat you fairly. Right, let's crack on. Yeah. And, and I think
3: and, that setting boundaries is easier when you go into somewhere new. You right? you you are much more empowered to say, you know, these are my hard limits, yes. and clear about that. Have those adult conversations from the and, outset. And, and part
0: of that will impact my family in a positive way. Yeah, I'm not trying to absolve myself. Like I say, I've I I had dinner with a, I've had dinner with a Premier League manager twice in the last two weeks, and he hadn't seen his wife for I think he said three and a half weeks. Mm. You know and that's fine. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. You know, it's probably why they're happily married. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um you know and but at the same time you've got if 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 that is the case, you've got to make sure you're present in other areas or yeah. in other forms. And it's that. So I'm so much more aware of that, I have to say. Yeah. much more aware.
3: Yeah, and be happy and kind of accepting of that, because if, if, you, if you're if you resenting it, then it's going to yeah. come and out of and, you know in your attitude. Yeah,
0: the best exa- example I can give you is, I was on holiday one summer. I was, I was uh, it sounds exotic, but, it was, but I was in Barbados. Um, I always leave before i had players with me at one o'clock in the morning, not falling out of the nightclub for genuine reasons pick up the phone it was 4 o'clock in the morning one of the staff phoned me so I picked it up I uh, so and so uh, look I'm on holiday you know I'm on holiday I'm five hours behind I'll ring you when I get up it'll be afternoon your time is it an emergency no it's not I just want to talk about a player okay I'll ring you no problem rang him that afternoon talked about I'm sure it was a player Um, blah, blah 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 the very next night Four o'clock in the morning rings me again because it's nine o'clock here and he's had an agent on to him. That, you know, and I picked the phone up again. I shouldn't have picked the phone up day one. I definitely shouldn't Mm. have picked the phone up day two. Impacts family life. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Bad for me. Forgivable on the first instance from the employee, Mm -hmm. unforgivable on the second one.
3: Yeah.
0: No boundaries set for me. That's the problem. Yeah. So as much as I can say, it's you know, the second time, come on, you know, yeah. you are play that or words to that effect. Really? <laughs> it's boundaries from me.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's things like that. that you, that's It's that sort of a non-football reflection. Absolutely. Loads of them, loads and loads mm-hmm. and loads of them, from chairman to players, board members to staff to fans. And you're right, yeah. and all, I, think, I shouldn't do that again. I won't do that again. I'll do that slightly differently.
3: Yeah, and some things you'll slip back into inevitably because it's part of your personality and your kind of core makeup. But yeah, being being clear, I, I,
0: I've got to be so careful that I'm not too kind,
3: mm-hmm. too
1: forgiving
0: because that's in my nature. Yeah. You know, I, if you speak to any crew player, Police shouted at them five times in five years. Mm-hmm. Just, just I don't see the value in it. Yeah. Um. Every now and again, they, they, they need it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It sounds crazy, they do. They expect it mm-hmm. and you should give it them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's not really my way. So I've got to make sure I don't revert to my type. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're actually waiting for it.
3: Yeah. And that comes back to what you were saying right at the very beginning about that kind of player-centric management and knowing which players can take it and which players yeah. will be crying in the showers. Yeah, and it. Yeah. It would decimate
0: them for a few weeks. When, when you shout at a play, I can remember we played Forest Green away and we were 2-1 up after 87 minutes and we lost 3-2. They scored 88-92. It chucked it down. All the fans were arguing with their stewards because they were on the far side getting wet through. I was wet mm-hmm. through. Mm-hmm. Completely and utterly, you know, hacked off. And I, I can remember going into the dressing room, with a fairly tight dressing room at Forest Green, and booting a bottle of uh, like a um, a bottle holder with all bottles in mm-hmm. and sort of all flew out of this bottle holder. And and I and I, was, I purposely did it, you know. I, I wasn't doing it because I was I'd lost control of my emotions. It's,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: I, I, I did it for effect. Yeah. And then I can remember talking to him about um, you've got a duty at this football club not mm-hmm. to just do it for yourself, not to do it for each other if you're doing it for me, not to just do it for me and the Mm -hmm. staff, but to do it for 13 year old lads in the academy, because they're going to be sat where you're going to be sat in five Mm -hmm. years' time, six years' time. So if you don't want to do it for me or your teammates or yourself or each other or the staff, Mm -hmm. do it for the boy that you all were, that dreamed of sitting where you were. Mm -hmm. And I can remember about eight of them just started looking up at me and I thought, I've got you. I've Mm -hmm. absolutely (laughs) got you right where I want you. And it was all it was all in motion. Yeah. You know, yeah. but it was the initial sort of kick of the things that yeah. they all went, oh, oh sugar. Is <laughs> 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 it like, is is, is an idea. And rather than just shouting and effing and Jeffing and all that, which again totally is not my style, or sort of pointing the finger at individuals, mm-hmm. it was very much a generic listen, this is the situation. Mm-hmm. they all and I can remember you know I said something similar in the press after we lost at Hartlepool in the first season 4-0 on a Tuesday night and we were going to Portsmouth away on the they were top of the league on the Saturday and I said they're all going to be milkmen in the National League North if they're not careful and that's a different way of doing it if you like different way of stalking. Mm-hmm. we go to Portsmouth and beat them 1-0 and play them yeah. off the ball I have to say we were brilliant that day and yeah. um, you know, so, you, you, you know, you, that, that, that's how you've got to get to them, I think.
3: Yeah. Is there a difference there between um, saying they're all going to be milkmen and so-and-so is going to be a milkman? I mean, that's a very extreme case. You would never say that. But c- calling out specific players and, you know, the public as well. So you were talking about Harry Maguire and, and the reactions to his game yesterday, singling individuals out. I, I don't
0: know. Whenever I speak to an individual in a collective setting, I talk about how I, I can help him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That, that it's as simple as that. Um, I thought you did this really well. I thought you can do that better, so we're going to probably work on this with you. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. If they then go, no, we've got a big, a big, big problem. Yeah. Because they're not in the same... On the same journey that we're all on. So you're telling them that they've done bits well, they've not done bits well, but we're going to make you this bit specifically better. And then we go away, the staff and go, right, we need to do this session and this session and this session because that encompasses them three. And we're going to have to do this session because that encompasses them four. And, 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 and then when you, you, you're making them better, I'm, keep, I'm my job is to make them better I can tell them in that you know that emotional sort of after the game where I have to say I'm like I say I don't I do more shouting at the side of the pitch than I do in the dressing room always I've done that's something I've reflected on <laughs> um, <laughs> and they'll be better at. Um but when you when you come at players from I'm gonna help you get better and do this bit better, well I, you know I, I just think that They can't argue with you. Mm -hmm. I I wanted managers to make me better. Spot things that I didn't know I needed to do or provide sessions that would help me do something better. I don't think the players nowadays are any different than that. Declan Rice thinks Mikel Arteta's a world-beater because he's teaching him how to play football, if you like he mm-hmm. have been used to the West Ham way. That's not to say the West Ham way is wrong. It's not. It's very really? much right. It's, it's the, it, they've made him worth a million, hundred million pound, but he's yeah. now going in a different way. And because the manager's teaching him,
1: mm-hmm.
0: they've got lots wrong. I'm sure he's yeah. definitely like got lots wrong in that first six weeks pre season. Still getting lots yeah. wrong. I am for going to we'll do this with you and do this with you. And that's that's how, how I do it anyway.
3: Yeah, and in the lower leagues that. Um can be could be quite compelling to a player in terms of you know choosing between two teams who've maybe offered similar packages. Well I'll go with the one who has a manager who will develop me as a player, as a person, as a professional, because I'm getting more intrinsically out of it as well.
0: That's that's what I would hope. It's certainly mm. what I hoped as a manager of crew because we couldn't offer the wages that others could. But, but what I could categorically say to them is I will make you a better player and yeah. I feel as though I did that with every player that I managed. Some still chose the money and that is absolutely not a problem. Absolutely not yeah. a problem. They've got to do what's right for them, make the that's right for them. Lots of agents didn't get that, I'd say, but then that was part of the the challenge as well because uh, mm-hmm. they, they didn't believe or didn't think that that was, you know, um, a substitute for money.
1: Yeah. I get
0: that. I get it. I don't I don't um I don't disagree with that way of thinking. Mm-hmm. I don't agree that in the long run they should always choose to improve because the money will come. Don't choose a job yeah. for a job title or money. Just don't
2: yeah.
0: don't
4: yeah. And then just to just to round off with one last uh social media question. <laughs> um it's not too bad of a one uh, if you could change one thing about your final season at Crew, what would it be?
0: I think, like, as I sort of intimated earlier, if I knew I was going to get the sack, I'd have changed the whole philosophy and mm. survived myself. I'd have gone into survival mode, which yeah. has been to the detriment of probably about eight academy players. Do I think that's right? Well, as David Artel Limited Company, that definitely <laughs> is right. Do I think it was right at the time? Obviously not. One of the things that I'm sort of proud of is that we still tried to play football. We still tried to play the right way. I, I, I can say I, we, we played Leeds United and away in the Cup, lost 3-0, 82, 86, 92, because the players were knackered. The eight, 18-year-olds were knackered. We go to Sunderland. We were, we were by far the best team. Missed three one-on-ones concede 82-90, and 90, lose 2-0. And a manager who was a manager in the Champions League at the time phoned me up um, and said, uh, how can we bottom the league? I said, because the players get tired, they're all young. He said, you're doing an unbelievable job. And it didn't have to, it me out of the blue. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that kind of thing goes, right, stick to it.
1: Mm-hmm. You
0: just hope that others see that and They didn't, <laughs> they didn't, <laughs> which you know. So, you look, it's only with hindsight that I can say I should have just gone, stop this. I'm I'm. not here for the Zach Williams 17,
1: mm-hmm. I'm here
0: for me, and I'm going to play me. You know, I'm going to make sure we don't lose and win the next game. It'd have had a, a far, um, do I think Lee Bell's benefiting from that 100%. Mm. 100%. Are they further ahead? They could quite easily have a, be having another fallow year this year. But the reason they're not is because I played a lot of them at Sunderland Sun away <laughs> 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 and lost the game. <laughs> you know, that's that's the reality of it. Um, so I feel as though my integrity is strong. Um, yeah. yeah. I did the right thing by my employee,
1: mm-hmm. my
0: employer, sorry. Um you know, but I got I still lost my job, so you live and learn. It's part of the reflection. Should yeah. I do that? Should I do it to that extreme? Should I come back from that? Should I go right to the extreme and look after myself? Depends on the situation. I'm far more aware of that now mm-hmm. than I was because I, I, I believed with blind faith that that was the crew way. Well, it turns out it wasn't,
3: <laughs> yeah. And next next run around we'll have the David Artell way.
0: Well, I hope so. I hope so. Um, I think I've got a way. I think I'm like I say I'm. You don't stay in a job for five and a, five and a quarter years and get promoted with the third lowest budget and finishing the top half of the League <laughs> One with the lowest budget.
1: Yeah.
0: In, if you're not very good. Um, no. And I'm the thing is I'm ready to get back on the horse now, and and I will, and I hope. Uh, I hope I'll be a good horse.
3: Yeah, (laughs) we'll look forward to seeing your next project. Um, So thank you very much for your time. Uh, Thank you to everyone who sent in questions on Twitter. Thank you to Keelan for your time as well. And um, we'll be back with normal podcasts on Sunday for League One, Monday for League Two, and we'll have more interviews coming soon. Thank
2: you. Bye. Thank you. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching your team on iFollow, you've got your McNugget share box on the go. And you know what? Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then late on you steal in, grab the last nugget and snatch all three points. Perfect. Why not order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app? Are you in? Help participate in restaurants. 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms. Apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold
1: up.